Welcome to the Living Word, the radio broadcast ministry of Living Word Church. Um, our Lord Jesus Christ, when he was sending out the 12 uh, disciples in, uh, for the first time, he was going to send them out to preach the arrival of the Messiah in chapter 10 of Matthew. He's, he gave them a lot of instructions and um, he gave them a lot of warnings. And um, this was the first time he sent them out with, with the authority he gave them. He gave them the authority to, uh, to uh, drive out demons and cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, heal the sick. He gave them this authority at the time to go and do that work. And what he actually said to them, he said, um, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Now, that was the message. And then, alongside that, he said, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, that's just, uh, that's just verse 7 and verses 7 and 8 of Matthew chapter 10 there. He gave them a lot of instructions. But mostly he gave them a lot of warnings as well as to how people would reject them, what they would have to go through, how they had to be to... Uh, if they were going to be his disciples, I mean, it is in the same chapter uh, 10 of Matthew that Jesus says to them, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever discerns me before men, I will discern him before my Father in heaven. He said, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against a mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, these are a few of the warnings he gives in that particular chapter when he was instructing his disciples. Now, the same word still applies to you and I today. But when we consider the messages we hear today in what um, in, in a lot of churches, and sadly, I have to say the majority of churches, of Christian churches, it is very, very unfortunate because the messages are absolutely contradictory to the instructions and the message of our Lord. The message Jesus sent to the disciples out to, to proclaim is the kingdom of God is near. And the kingdom of God being near, the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus himself preached the same message. The kingdom of heaven is near. John the Baptist, who was the forerunner of Christ, who actually uh, proclaimed the coming of the arrival of the Messiah. John the Baptist's message was the same. The kingdom of heaven is near. Now, even after Christ left the earth, the disciples were then apostles, continued the same message, the kingdom of heaven is near. And now what they did then was actually instruct people, building people up to be who they're supposed to be in Christ. Now by saying that, I'm not talking about the kind of teachings you hear today. We're telling you about what is supposed to be in Christ, healthy, wealthy, and prosperous, and successful in all the earthly in, in every earthly way. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about that the apostles did, we'll find very clearly stated in Ephesians chapter 4. 
in chapter 4 of Ephesians, I'll take it from verse 11. In talking about Christ Jesus and, and uh, his appointed servants, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That is what we are instructed to do. That is what any servant should do. Now, we no longer have apostles and prophets in this age because what the signs that mark apostles, we do not see in anyone. For a start, an apostle had to have seen Jesus Christ, personally. And the people who tag themselves apostles and prophets today are people who just love titles anyway. They don't have anything. I mean, come on. Nobody can lay another foundation for the church. The apostles laid the foundation. All of us who came after them are simply building on the foundation they have laid. No one can lay a new foundation. Well, so many false foundations are being laid today, entrapping people in, for Satan and ensnaring people all the way to hell. So let's forget about that. So today we've got evangelists, pastors and pastor teachers and teachers. That's what we have today. Because the people who call themselves prophets today, you want to compare those things they utter as prophecy with rebuke prophecy? They don't even stand a chance. They come to you and tell you nonsense about demons after your case and all sorts of things that torment you and put, uh, and put fear in you. They, they, they're, what they call their gift is not to be compared to the uh, gifting of the biblical prophets. And you know what? There's no new style of anything coming up. I mean, the very famous ones make all these prophecies and never come to pass. How many times have we been told by Benahim that Jesus is going to make a personal appearance at some of his crusades? We're still waiting on Christ to do that. And that's because he's not going to do it. Now, the prophets in the Bible made absolutely perfect and precise prophecies. And you know the incredible things about it? They made prophecies that spoke of hundreds of years after their time. And all those things came to pass. On tens of you know, years after their time. And these things came to pass. So there's no, we cannot compare. We no longer have those people amongst us. I'm not saying that God cannot raise people to do it or anything. No, I don't put limitations on the power of God. But it's a question of the necessity of those things. Today, Christianity, we have the entire instructions. We have all we need now in the, in the whole Bible. So there's, no one is without excuse. So now we have all the offices that we have. Now we've got pastors, we've got pastor teachers, evangelists and all that. But whatever it is, whatever a person claims to be doing for the Lord, forget about which office they hold or a title. As long as anyone claims they are a minister of God, what are they supposed to be doing? The Bible said here, we read that Jesus appoints these people. He gave these people to the church to prepare God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, we are meant to disciple the people and raise them to be independent of man, but fully and totally dependent on Christ. And we're supposed to do this to, recipe, to prepare people for works of service. This same works of service that we're told in um, that we're told in 
Ephesians, second chapter of Ephesians, that uh, in chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See? God prepared the good works for us in advance. At the time God created man, in his own image and likeness, gave us of his own breath of life. The plans God had for, for mankind was totally, totally, totally not to be compared for any other plans for the rest of his creation. In fact, he had no other plans for the rest of his creation other than the fact that he created everything else. And he cares for them and he caters for them and he actually created us last. And he, and he gave us dominion over everything else. Fill the earth and subdue it. He put everything else under authority. Why? To, so that we could be partakers of God's divine nature, worshipping God, bringing glory to God and giving glory to God in all that we did, understanding that he is our creator and our sustainer. But of course, we declared independence by following Satan. And that is still very much the case now. And the only people who will be liberated from the hold of Satan are those people who come to Christ and worship God in spirit and in truth. Those people who come to Christ, having gone your own way in your sinfulness, I also having gone my own way in my sinfulness, now I've been called back into the fold of God through Christ Jesus. And now he's, re- he's forgiven all my sins. And he's renewed me. He's created in me a new heart. Now there is deposited in me the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now inhabits me. That is God the Spirit. So now I have the fullness of the presence of the Trinity in myself. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my teachings. And my Father and I would love you and we will come to you and make our home with you. And then he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send to you the Counselor, the Spirit of Truth. That's the Holy Spirit. So now I've got in me the fullness of the presence of the Sovereign God. And then what am I supposed to do? Am I not then expected to begin to live in obedience? Now that the demonic spirits that were in me that led me to sin before my knowledge of Christ, now that they've not been subdued because they will be subdued by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not in you fighting against demonic spirits. They are beneath him. They are beneath him. You have the presence of the Holy Spirit now. But it's up to you, you see, because you can People who are, they are Christians who still walk in disobedience because they are saying, they're quenching the spirit because they're saying to the Holy Spirit, look, okay, I know what you're telling me because the Holy Spirit will always convict you of sin, but I still want you to do it my way. When you read the word of God, we say, that shall not steal, but you go ahead and steal anyway. You say, well, I know what God is saying, but I still want to do it my way. And do you know what sinfulness is? It's rebellion towards God, it's disobedience towards God, and it is lawlessness. And what it is, actually, is you are contesting for sovereignty with the Almighty. And you know what? He will bring you down. That's what it is. When you put in your will, your own will, your own sinful will, ahead of the command, the direct command of God, you are contesting for sovereignty with God Almighty. And he will bring you down. That is why the Bible says to us that the wages of sin is death. Now, we are not just talking about death in the world. That's nothing. Everybody's going to get that. Sinner and saint alike. Everybody's going to die from this world because nobody's going to stay here permanently. But then we're talking of the eternal death, the second death, which is for those who are not in Christ. 
And you know what? You've got no business dying the second death. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You can have life. You can have eternal life rather than the eternal torment in hell. You can. I always say that any human being who ends up in hell is a gate crusher. Because hell was never prepared for man. Hell was prepared for the angel, uh, for the, for the uh, devil and his angels. Never was it prepared for man. So any human being who ends up there is gate crusher. So why do you want to do that? So when you now come to be in Christ, what are you supposed to do? You are now supposed to, to, to renew the, the attitude of your mind, as I said in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Understanding now what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is and begin to live for Christ. You've been prepared then by the servant of God are meant to prepare you then for works of service, to build you up in Christ until you also can live out your God-given purpose for you. And he has a purpose for each of us. And I'm not talking about the foolishness of what has been spoken about today, talking about God wants you in another level to, you know, you're supposed to, you can't stay a manager, you're supposed to be a director. If you're a director, don't be content with that. You should be a chairman of your company. No, if you're a chairman, that's not good enough. You're supposed to be running your own business. You're a king, you should live a kingdom life. That's a whole lot of baloney. It is a whole lot of baloney that comes up for greedy people, greedy teachers, false teachers who just want to milk you of all your finances you've got. And they are doing very well. They're doing very, very well at that. The preparation for service of works that the Bible talks about is works that God prepared in advance for us to do. And what is it that we may all go out there and do the same thing that the person who is discipling you is doing? Preaching the gospel to the rest of mankind. Bearing fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, so that the people around you may be nurtured, because we ourselves are recipients of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit that the apostles bore, which, which is why we can now pick up the Bible, read and know exactly what God wants us doing and what God wants us to say and how God wants us to think. We've got full instructions. Do you know what? The apostles didn't have all this. They didn't. Yet they were able to live wonderful, glorious lives to the glory of God. Christianity today, you, you will look very far and wide now to find a Christian that you can compare to the, to, to the first century Christians. And what they did was merely obeying the commands of our Lord himself. What they did, they prepared people who became independent of man. And once you're independent of man, that means we're independent of the devil. And fully dependent on Christ. That's what they did. Now, Jesus said, when he was um, in Matthew 28, verse uh, 18 there, from verse 18, he said, Then Jesus came to them and said, this was before his ascension. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. That was the commissioning. That is still the commissioning that we have. We're supposed to make disciples of people, teaching them to obey everything the Lord has taught us. But what do we have? Now, the apostles are the same thing, because Paul, when he wrote that letter, uh, letter to the Ephesians, when he wrote from prison, he said, he, he told us the reason why Jesus appoints servants, 
Not everybody is going to be a minister. Not everybody is going to be a teacher. You know what? Those of us who teach, boy, oh boy, we've got one heck of a responsibility because I'm not talking about the crowds that we're going to teach you or anything. No, we're going to give account before God. When we leave here, when we face the Lord face to face, we are going to account for every word we uttered in his name. That's what all these false prophets and false teachers seem to ignore. Well, they know it, but they are so, they've been so desensitized by Satan who leads them that they don't care. They care about the here and now. But we will be held accountable. So the, Paul said it, that these officers, God's called servants, are meant to prepare God's people for works of service. But what do we have today? We have a lot of people who are gathering followers for themselves and to themselves. If anything, rather than build the people up into this Christ dependency, so Christ, they're bringing people to depend on them. So they stand there. The TV stations are plagued with them. We, it's, it's a ghastly sight when you watch Christian television today. Horrible. Because you see, 9 out of 10 people, teachers who come on there, is false. They're fake. They just come there telling a whole load of nonsense and telling people to depend on them. Because I did this and I can do that and I can release your fortune and I can deliver you from Satan and I can give you financial breakthrough. And, and then, of course, they drop in the name Jesus every now and then. Are you kidding me? Is that the message of the gospel? And, of course, you know, you always start all those things off. They tell you about it. They, they make you feel sorry for yourself. And what it is, they don't build the people up. The people who follow them will forever remain babes. That's if they're even in Christ. Because I don't know, if you're not being taught in Christ, if your leader is not in Christ, I don't see how you who follow them can be in Christ. That's the irony of it all. Is that more people are going to end up in hell than we can all imagine. And unfortunately, see, at that time, when God calls you out of this world in death, or should our Lord Jesus return today or in a second now, You'll have no excuse. That you were raised under false or bad ministration is not an excuse. Because if you truly seek God with all your heart, you will find him. God is not in hiding from any person. You have got the Bible there. Why do you follow contradictory teachings? Why do you follow false teachings? Why is it difficult for you to obey Christ? Jesus said in chapter 10 of Matthew that I started with, Jesus said in verses 24 and 25, he said, A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher, and the servant be uh, like his master. So if Jesus has given us instructions and given us the word as to how we should be, what we're supposed to do, why are you taking the word of your teacher or your pastor or your prophet, whoever it is is leading you, over and above the words of Christ himself? Do you know what? I didn't die for anyone. Neither did your pastor or your bishop or reverend or whatever they choose to call themselves nowadays. We live in a title-mad world. Even the apostles didn't do titles. Our Lord Jesus Christ wasn't called by titles. But now, you know, it's, 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 it's a necessity. That in itself is supposed to point you in the direction of what you, you know, what's going on. There are very many signs through which you can identify false teachers. Full of boastings and arrogance. I was watching one the other day. Can't remember his name now for the life of me. He's a very, very, very close friend of Creflo Dollar. They were ministering together at this occasion. And this guy was boasting about his children and the cars they drive. 
saying everybody in my area knows my daughter because of uh, for 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 a Cadillac, and everybody knows my son this for, for because of his Mercedes convertible. It was saying that his children were recognized for his uh, for for their holiness or for their godliness. No, and then it tells us about his sixteen thousand dollar dog. Says he hates poverty. He's allergic to poverty and all this nonsense. Where do you get all that from? And the people sitting down there, who in and out and screaming and screaming, jumping up and down, clapping, whistling, running along to the stage and throwing all their money on the stage as he was saying all this nonsense. I could see nothing there but a very strong air of hypnotism. Because it's unbelievable. And there's some sort of very incredible music going on in the background. A lot of drumming and things, sort of thing that gets people, puts people on a certain kind of spiritual high. Spiritual high, not of the Holy Spirit, of course. And people were running there. I'm talking of thousands of people all running to the stage. Before you knew it, all the stage and the floor was covered in money. Some guy even went and handed him personally his entire wallet. What on earth is going on? Since when did Christ start charging us for salvation? And the thing was, he wasn't even preaching about salvation anyway. So there's very easy ways to recognize who exactly it is that's ministering to you. The boasting and arrogance is shocking. And then the, the, the boasting and arrogance as to the powers they have, the authority they have, while they're strutting about back and forth, telling you, well, there's nothing I cannot do. And then they bring people to testify about themselves onto the, onto the screen. And this person said, yeah, I, I sold my $50 seat, as you said, if you, and, and, and next following week I got a check for $3,000. What are you talking, is that the message of the gospel? You may have received some kind of uh, what you call financial miracle, if indeed this is true. A lot of it is just lies anyway. But people are not being told about hell anymore. People are not being told about repentance. They're not being told about salvation. We cannot change the message of Christ. I don't care how you think maybe the Bible should be changed for, 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 for this age. Or maybe God ought to, um, you know, improve himself so he can relate better to this age. Because I hear all kinds of foolish talk like that every now and then. But the timeless message of Christ, the timeless message of God to all of us is the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. A lot of the teachings we have today is all about you. How you can do this, how you can attain that, why you should have this, why you should have that. Was that the preaching in the early churches? Read through the epistles. Was that what people were being told? The, the apostles pointed people to Christ alone. Christ, Christ, Christ alone. And in pointing them to Christ, they were saying to them, be dependent on Christ. Be obedient to Christ. You've got to be like Christ. You've got to develop in Christ-likeness. You've got to be holy because God has given the instruction, be holy, the command. Be holy because I am holy. This is all the teachings of the disciples. And it's all written down for us today. They didn't have all these writings and they still did it. And that's why their work was worthy to be part of the canon of the word of God. They didn't have the privilege we have today. So you are without excuse. Going to church all the time because you need more from God and you want more and then they're telling you all kind of things, irreverent ways of pray, name it and claim it, proclaim it and declare it. You've got no authority to declare a thing before God. You can name it all you like and claim it all you like until you go blue in the face. It ain't going to happen. You do not equate yourself with God. 
some there's some teaching about you having creative power that God has because God has said you're God's. No, He hasn't created us as God's. He has not. In the Old Testament, when God was talking to me, when He said, "Oh, you you are God's," He was He was being sarcastic. He was telling them off. So you think you don't need me? You're so independent now. Huh? In your own eyes, you're God's. But now, these false teachers take that they take it out of context and say, God has declared you a God, so you're a little God. So you have the creative power. Really? Is that why you're still wallowing in that financial mess you're in? Is that why your life is still all messed up and nothing has happened? What happened to your creative power and authority that you've been told you've got? And you have sowed seeds in line with it, but they might tell you you haven't sowed enough seeds or either your faith is not enough. What's going on? You subdue yourself before Christ. Jesus did not go to the cross. So that we can all drive Cadillacs. Jesus did not go to the cross. So that we can all build and live in mansions. He did not go to the cross so that we can own private jets. He didn't go to the cross so that we can buy $16,000 dogs. No. He did not go to the cross so that we can um, adorn ourselves in gold bullions and diamonds and all this nonsense and designer outfits that we see said ministers of God adorning themselves with. Jesus did not go to the cross for that foolishness. There were wealthy people in the world before he came. Wealth is no big deal before the Lord. Jesus actually warned us because wealth is the one thing that entraps people to Satan. And Jesus said, keep your lives from the, from the love of money. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. These are the words of our Lord. In the same way, he said, keep your lives from all kinds of greed. In the same way, Jesus said, you cannot love God and, my, uh, and mammon. You must either love the one and hate the other. No one can serve two masters. These people teach you to honor yourself and money and wealth over and above anything else. And then they carry on about you've got to be healthy all the time. You should live in perfect health, really, you reckon. This body we have is temporary. It is bound to suffer wear and tear. This is not the body we're taking to eternity. We're told that when we leave here, the Bible says that we will be clothed in immortality. We'll be given a new body. I don't know what it's going to look like or in what form, but I trust the Lord enough. And so you cannot even preserve this body because you die, you're going to get buried anyway and it's going to rot. So what's the big deal? So they tell you they heal you one day and then you, you heal again the following month or something. And in fact, they don't really do all those healings. A lot of them have been, have been proven to be fake. What on earth is going on? Why are you in church or whatever gathering it is you go to that you call church? If you're not being taught the words of Christ... And how to obey the words of Christ. So that you can grow into maturity in the, in the spirit of God. And be able to discern for yourself the will. The perfect good and pleasing will of God. In order to serve God. That your life may be to his glory. You are in the wrong place. You are in the wrong place. I don't mean what's about telling people. Listen if you're not receiving the right teachings. If the teachings in your church are not about Christ as Lord alone. And about salvation. And if the, church is, if, if the teaching in your church is not building you up to become the newborn person, born of the Spirit of God, in service to God, yes, if you're not being discipled for Christ, then get out of there and go and find yourself a Bible teaching church. I don't hesitate to say that, because that's what I'm appointed to do. I'm anointed to preach the Word of God and pull people back from the way of error. I am anointed to do that. And I'm not asking everybody to come to the church in which I'm in. I don't care. 
It doesn't matter to me. Just find yourself a Bible teaching church somewhere, anywhere close to you. Because it would be very terrible if after all the time you spent here in the world, you end up in hell. And like I said, you merely begin crashing. Jesus has paid the price for your, sin, price for your sins. He's taking all your sins upon himself. Forget about the greed, the sense of greed that is always being aroused in you every time you hear this televangelist and you go to church and they keep telling you, you're supposed to be better than you are financially. You're supposed to have this financial breakthrough and there's all you know, kind of financial breakthrough seminars and things. Quit going to these sort of things. They are nonsense. They are not of Christ. And you're only going to be financially worse off having attended them. I can assure you of that. We see it all the time. You're only going to get fleeced and milked of the little that you have. Because the making is so all these financial seeds that God has not asked for. I mean, next week I'll tell you about uh, what I received because I, I had to. I could not stop myself. I simply had to. Um, while I've been watching the Christian television lately, as I said, I had to watch it lately because uh, I'm, I'm finishing a book off which I'm writing about apostasy in the church today. And I just had to see what's going on the latest techniques. And of course, I mean, uh, I see all sorts of ministries every day offering all kinds of miracle things, you know, items and everything. And I just had to, I could not resist phoning in for one of those things. I mean, I did it because it was a free phone number. Anyway, I wouldn't waste my money on such a thing. And um, it's supposed to be free, this um, miracle breakthrough package. And so I phoned up and I received it a few days ago. And I, I remember saying to my son at this point, I said, you know what, they say it's free now. You wait, there's got to be a catch to this. And um, I haven't got time to tell you about it. But I'll tell you about it next time I come on. I've got miracle water. I've got a miracle bracelet. I've got a miracle uh, debt eraser and all that, you know. And I'm supposed to send them all back with a seed, you know. By the time I finish planting all the seeds for all these things, all these free things I've got, I think I would have sent about £100. But um, like I said, I'll tell you about it next time. So. Is Christ now charging for favors? Of course he's not. The message of the gospel is one and the same, and it is timeless. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Turn to Christ in spirit and in truth. Unless you reject false teaching, you are ensnared and will end up in hell. You will. Hell is as real as paradise. But you have no reason to, because Christ already has the door open for you to enter into paradise if you so choose but if you want to follow people who disciple you for themselves and keep you ensnared to themselves by instilling all kinds of fear in you and making you all kinds of false promises and so you are bound to them instead of being bound to Christ eternally there's going to be a problem there's going to be a problem and the Bible says that the blackest darkness has been reserved for these false teachers you don't want to be going there with them We'll continue this issue of contradictory doctrine again next week. My name is Sarah Jala Emanuel, and until the next time, may the Lord be with you.